Welcome to C-Suite Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Idly, hey! Welcome to another episode of the Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished. A pop culture podcast. Join Brett weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, I'm back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. show this time with the correct spelling where we talk to your favorite actors uh from film and television music comedy more we are talking with actor josh brenner and i have been looking forward to this conversation for a while um i mean just the amount of projects that he has been a part of uh i mean most people i mean we're talking the mighty ones we're talking uh ducktales we're talking ninja turtles uh, Silicon Valley, the list goes on and on. Uh, Josh, thanks for your time today. I appreciate it. Oh, it is uh, it is an honor and a delight, sir. So uh, so nice to be with you. Yes. Well, you don't have a big gulp in your hand, but uh, that's okay. You recently made appearance on uh, some colleagues of mine, the Blockbuster Mentality, and uh, I heard the conversation, and I was like, I would really love to talk to Josh. So thanks for hanging out. Um, oh, that was that was such a blast! I'm uh, I'm delighted to know that you guys are are pals. They are. Yeah, awesome. we're really good friends as far as virtually goes. We've never met in person, but uh, we often have the privilege of having the same guest on, and so um, nice. they're very cool guys. I think you guys talked about noises off. I think that was the movie. We did. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was right up their alley, but they were very good sports about it, and and we we deep-dived theater together, which was fun for me and I hope tolerable for them. Yeah, well, I actually was a part of that play in high school and then I got to do it again in college. Um, And there was a movie version of it. Well, now that we're talking about it, you have a pretty big theater background. Let's start there Uh, because Noises Off, it started out as a play and then I think it was a movie with... uh, Michael Caine. Bronson Pinchot. Was he in that as well? Um, or was Michael Caine? I'm trying to remember because so the movie is uh, is uh, Michael Caine and Carol Burnett and Mary Lou Henner and uh, it's a, a great John Ritter. It's a great cast. Yeah. Christopher Reeve. Yeah, it, it was a really good. Uh, both of them were a lot of fun. Um, so let's talk about this. Just sort of overarching theme here of you being a storyteller. Uh, what was it that sort of got you into this business of becoming a storyteller? Um, it was uh, middle school theater. Uh, my uh, my sixth grade girlfriend did the school decided to do the school play and I hurt my knee in Little League so I decided to follow her and do the school play. Um, and then I think like a lot of these stories go, I just had this incredible teacher, mentor, director combination, um, these wonderful um, uh, theater uh, uh, geniuses, uh, Larry Dockslager and Gail Silver. And they 
uh, sort of took me under their wing and and kind of taught me everything I know, and I just became uh, addicted to it. Yeah, that seems to be the case for most folks. They just have this one opportunity, and then all of a sudden they get bitten by the bug. Now, the bug. you you got your start in that, and then you started booking projects um, and sort of kind of hit your stride early, unlike most. you, I mean, it was kind of one thing after another. Was there ever a moment where you sort of realized, hey, you know, I'm really good at this and this is something that I'm going to be doing for quite some time? Was there a key project for you where you kind of felt that moment or has it just always been project to project where you've just sort of experienced what I consider to be success uh, in this crazy industry that you're a part of? <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I I mean, I I think sometimes I feel like I'm still waiting for that to to arrive, that moment where I'm like, "Oh, uh I'm good." But I I never quite feel comfortable, you know, when when as soon as one project ends, I start to you can ask my wife, I start to get a little panicked and then I really bother her as I start to freak out about uh getting back to to work on the next thing. Um but uh yeah, fortunately I've 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 been pretty lucky since uh since getting started out here in LA and uh mostly been able to string some stuff together and and filling in the gaps uh, with, as you mentioned before, some voiceover stuff. And uh, uh, my wife and I are writing partners. So, you know, try to stay busy in a, in a bunch of different kind of ways uh, so that those moments in between don't become too, too freaky. Yeah, I know, especially after, like, say, the last couple of years, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, exactly. you mentioned that you and your wife, you work together, you're writing partners and things like that. You work on a lot of things together. Does she have a lot of input in so far as what projects that you're involved in? Or do you just kind of work together and, and make a great team? We we met doing improv comedy together. My wife is Megan Falcone. She's also an actor yes. and writer. And um, yeah, we met doing improv comedy together and just kind of kept on working together, you know, writing sketches together and performing together. And then, you know, as we've gotten a, a little older and more boring, you know, uh, pitching projects together and writing pilots together and writing, we wrote an animated movie together recently for Warner brothers. So, uh, a little bit of everything. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of the acting side, she, I mean, we're constantly <laughs> giving each other input and hers is, uh, is much more valuable than mine about, um, <laughs> you know, things, things that, uh, that that keep us moving forward. So yeah, we are we are definitely creative partners in in all senses. Yeah. Now it's interesting. Who who which of the two is the one to keep the train on the tracks when it comes to uh, putting content and stuff together? Because I imagine when you get two creatives uh, in a room like that, um, it could just be limitless conversations about uh, things and how we should do this and do that. Or is it just kind of an equilibrium sort of situation where you both just sort of balance each other out as creatives? I, I love talking to uh, couples that work together because I find it so fascinating because normally it's one or the other who is involved in the project. Uh, but then to have two people like your wife, who's just again, she's been a part of some great things as well. Uh, yeah, uh, I definitely feel like we're, we, we complement each other pretty well and have certainly grown into that where we both know, uh, what somebody's strengths are going to be. She, in terms of keeping us on the rails, she is definitely, uh, much better at, at keeping us moving forward. Like I'll get bogged down in like a story thing and start spinning and she'll be like, 
please stop. Let's just move forward. We can just get through that. And then she'll find the solution that like keeps us going so that we can actually submit something and <laughs> get it in on time. I would like, you know, cry myself to sleep at night and, <laughs> you know, in the fetal position and, and nothing would ever get done. But she, uh, she definitely keeps us moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, I, again, I just find that dynamic so interesting and I've talked to several people in the industry who have working partners together or are married or whatever the case might be. Uh, and it's always fun to kind of hear how that process works. Um, I'm, I'm looking at your, your resume here and just sort of some of the highlights. Um, you've, as you mentioned, you've done a lot of voiceover work and you have a couple of voiceover projects coming out, which we'll talk about here in just a couple of minutes. But Doing the on-screen thing and then the voiceover thing, do you have a preference between the two? Do you enjoy one maybe over the other? Not not leading the witness here, but I'm just kind of curious um, if one is more fascinating to you or the other, or you just enjoy working because you've done a lot. Well, yeah, not to take the cop-out answer, but I really do enjoy both so much. And, sure. Um, the big difference is that, you know, voiceover is so quick like it is so quick and easy i mean I, I mean from from our perspective as actors from from an animator's perspective from a director's perspective it is so much work and so painstaking but but for me i get to really just go in and like have fun on the mic for an hour a couple hours and that's sort of my job and then i get to come back in and do you know adr or pickups and see all the incredible work that animators and directors and and storytellers sure. have, have done so that is, it, it's an easy job, <laughs> um, but, and so fun. Um, by comparison, um, I should say easier job. I shouldn't say easy job. Um, but by comparison, um, being on set, you know, that's, you know, sometimes 12 hour days, five days a week. It's much more involved. You're much more in uh, a part of the process. And, and, you know, depending on, you know, what role it is, what episode you're shooting, whatever, um, you can be there for every minute of production or, um, uh, or not, I guess, but, um, it's just a different level of involvement and, uh, a different, just so much more is required of you. I mean, you're, you're up, up and out early to get in the makeup chair, to get into wardrobe, to be on set, learning lines. It's, you know, it's a lot more involved. Um, but with that comes a lot, you know, I think it can be really rewarding if you like what you're working on. Um, VO, I don't know. It's just, VO to me is always like dessert. It's just fun. It's always a delight to do it. And, uh, and because you don't have to go through all that, it, it, it doesn't feel like it requires quite as much of you, which, um, I'm lazy. So, you know, that works for me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, plus probably, you know, with the voiceover work, um, you know, I've, I have heard that that's easier in the sense of, you know, you come in for a few hours and then you're done for the day. And then like, you might come back a few weeks or a few months later, maybe, uh, and sort of, um, you know, finish up or whatever the case might be. You have a couple projects uh, in the works right now. We can talk about this. We, I asked about Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Um, my seven-year-old is a massive fan of all of these animated series, Ninja Turtles, and there's been several iterations of them. Um, and this is, from what I understand, this this is a Nickelodeon project, correct? Uh, this one. Yep. Let's talk about that because you play the iconic Donnie, um, how fun was this to work on? I mean, I can't imagine how much fun it would have to be. 
it, it is definitely one of my favorite things that I've gotten to work on. Um, so, it, yeah, as you said, it's a Nickelodeon series that we did uh, called Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, that aired for a couple seasons. Yes. Um, and truly the most fun. I mean, uh, some of the most surreal moments were, you know, seeing the first bits of animation where our voices were coming out of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like for so many, I, I think for all of us growing up, like, we were all TMNT kids. At, like I literally was home in in Texas and found my TMNT lunchbox uh, from when I was a kid. So huge fan. And then seeing those characters with your voice coming out of it, it's like truly surreal. Um, and I mean, the cast we got to work with was incre- incredible. Omar Benson Miller, Brandon Michael Smith, Ben Schwartz, uh, Kat Graham, Eric Bauza, just incredible people. And our, our creators and showrunners, um, Ant Ward and Andy Suriano, just did such cool stuff with the the characters and the universe and the animation was incredible. So just so fun to work on. Um, and then, you know, it seemed like the series was maybe like winding down. Other, Nickelodeon was doing other things with the kit, with the property. Um, but then we got to do this movie, which was such an awesome uh, little cherry on top. And I, I think, I think the story is incredible. Um, uh, a friend of mine, Tony Gamaloba, uh, wrote it uh, along with his wife. They're also creative writing partners, uh, Becky. And uh, I think it's so good. The first time I read it, I honestly was tearing up. It's so emotional and well-written. And um, I'm really excited for it. I think people are going to really dig it. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, I mean, I'm excited. Um, and uh, I look forward to what that turns out to be. Again, sort of just looking at your your work and and sort of all the things that you've done, you've done comedy, drama, just a lot of different things, and had a very great career. Well, thanks. Um, absolutely, yeah. What what is some of the best advice that you've been given as a storyteller throughout the trajectory of your career that has sort of stood with you and sort of sustained you throughout your journey as a performer? Um. You know, I think back to that that same mentor who I mentioned before, uh, Larry Doxlager, who actually wrote me uh, wrote me a note. I think when I graduated college, maybe when I graduated high school, I can't remember exactly when, with a list of of, of things to do as you go out into this world and pursue a, pursue a career and this kind of stuff. And and the number one thing that he said that always sticks with me is just about being kind and not forgetting. what you came here for you know as a theater kid i did it because i loved it i did it because it was fun to do theater with fun people and friends and um, i've been really lucky that i've gotten to work with really lovely people over the years and have a lot of fun doing it i think there are sections of this business that get a little caught up in in the other side of it and uh it can it can sometimes be a drag uh so i would say that's the number one thing uh is just to appreciate it know that we're all very lucky to be doing this and remember to 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 keep that front of mind and, and be nice while you're doing it. Yeah, I love that because as broad and as big as this industry is, it's also very small <laughs> as far as like who you might work with or come across, you know, whether it be on the casting side or the production side, because you never know who you might work with, right? Like Absolutely, it's just yeah. really unpredictable. Um, again, working on some of these projects, I think, you know, there are just a lot of highlights. Um, of course I kind of joked a little bit early on about Silicon Valley. That was such a great show. Mike judge, um, 
and just, I mean, the entire cast, we've had a few folks on from that. Um, I want to talk about that experience because there, it was such a unique show, uh, sort of life art imitating life a little bit. And then some of the topics that you covered, do you have any standout moments on that project that were just fun for you, uh, that, uh, sort of have stayed with you, uh, since then and, and throughout all the other things that you've done? Oh man, there, there are so many, as you can imagine, it, it was, uh, I mean, you know, that's really lightning striking and hitting the lottery, whatever metaphor you want to use, but to end up on a show like that, uh, that does resonate with people is popular is, uh, well-received and as fun to work on as it was, uh, definitely, uh, a lot to be, to be grateful for. And, and I miss it, of course. Um, one of the moments that I always think about is is very early on. I think it was at the premiere of season one. Um, we went and did a premiere up in like Palo Alto. And, uh, you know, we're in this kind of like big theater and uh, there are all these like, it's like the setup very cool. There's all these couches and stuff. And uh, I, someone uh, comes up to uh, my wife and I and introduces himself and says, uh, you know, he really liked the show and uh, I thought it was really funny and, uh, you know, be in touch. And he hands me his card and his email address is Craig at Craigslist.com. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is so weird. Like this, like it did become a little bit of an Ouroboros where like the show had this feedback system with actual Silicon Valley. And I mean, people like did spend time with the Elon Musk's of the world and you know, the, the, the various and sundry characters I got, I mean, I got to meet Sergey Brin at one point, just like kind of crazy how, you know, us making fun of that world also became part of that world. And, 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 uh, as you said, yeah, uh, life Im imitating art and vice versa. Yeah. Well, we're about 45 minutes from that area where you portray a lot of your scenes. Oh, so, and so you know, it's too close to home. It's very close. Yeah. In fact, I think I was out there at one point and I was just kind of Googling around. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't think you guys filmed there, but you did such a good job of um, sort of bringing that world to life and things like that. Just such a great show. I tell you, my friend, you have just, you, again, most, I mean, everything that you've done is just really great. And um, I'm excited to see what's next for you. Um, one last question. I know the world has been crazy the last couple of years, but Hopefully you've, outside of doing the voiceover work, you've been able to get back out there really and just start working on things again and, and life is as normal as it can be, I assume. It's heading that direction. It's starting to get back. Yeah, I got to, got to work on a, a, a couple movies uh, this past uh, summer and fall. Um, so uh, I'm not sure where those are or what I can say about them, but hopefully uh, in the coming months there will be uh, some stuff coming out on that front. And um yeah, my uh, honestly, my favorite thing that I got to do uh, during the pandemic, also maybe ever, was um, an episode of Mythic Quest. Uh, for those okay. who don't know it, it's an, an Apple TV Plus show. Um, great show. It's a great show. And um, there's an episode in season two um, that was uh, written by the incredible Craig Mazin, who you know of Chernobyl fame, and directed by Rob McElhenney, who you know of from It's Always Sunny. 
and with some, I got to act with some amazing actors, um, Shelly Hennig and Michael Cassidy. Anyways, check it out. Uh, it's called Backstory is the episode and check out the whole show. It is so great and so underrated. And I, uh, I'm a fan in addition to, to having been lucky enough to work on it. Yeah. We did some press for that when it first came out. So it's just a great show. Um, amazing body of work and I'm excited to see these other projects that are coming out. Josh, thanks for hanging out with us today. I appreciate it. Such a pleasure, Brad. It's so nice to meet you and uh, thank you for, uh, for having me on. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.